I invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter. Last Sunday, I began a a three-part series of messages around the life of Mary of Bethany. Now, you recall that Mary, of course, is the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And what's so interesting is to notice that every time that Mary is mentioned in the Bible, she's at the feet of Jesus. Last week, we noticed that as Jesus had come and visited with her and her sister Martha, that there as Martha was in the kitchen and she was scurrying about of trying to get everything ready for a meal for the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary, where was she? She was right there at the feet of Jesus, basking in his presence. She was worshiping the Lord. So last Sunday we talked about, Lord, I want to worship you. But today, we're going to find Mary in another set of circumstances. Today, we're going to find of where Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, become very sick, even to the point of death. And they appeal to the Lord Jesus Christ to come and to help them and to help their brother, Lazarus, in their time of need. A few moments ago, we sung that song, I Need Thee Every Hour. Andy Sherwood Hanks, or Hawks, excuse me, she was overwhelmed with the need of knowing that the Lord's presence was close by. And as she was overwhelmed with his presence, she thought for a moment, what would it be like for someone to go through life and not have the presence of the Lord? Whether in good times or whether bad times. I thought that myself. What would it be like that in a time of need, if you didn't have the presence of the Lord, After she had that thought, she took out her pencil and she began to write down these words. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. We've sung that song for many years and Have we ever stopped to think about the importance of knowing the presence of our, the presence of God in our life in the time of need? I know as the psalmist was writing in Psalms 124, verses 1 through 4, listen to what he says. If it had not been the Lord, who was on our side. Let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, 
then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. I know there's been times in my life that if the Lord's presence hadn't been with me in those times, I don't know what I would have done. And I'm sure that some of you could give testimony here today of thinking about those times of needs where you could turn in any direction, but you could not find one to meet that need except when you turn to the Lord and to know that the Lord's presence was overwhelming and to know that He gave you strength, He gave you courage, He gave you the ability to experience what you were going through at that very hour. There are several lessons here that I want us to see as we look at this passage of Scripture. Here we find Mary and Martha and Lazarus in gray, gray need. So with your Bibles open, at John chapter 11, would you stand with me? We're going to begin reading in verse 30. In fact, let's just go back to verse 28. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out and followed her saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Lazarus had already died, their brother. Then when Mary came where Jesus was, And saw him. Notice what the Bible says. She fell down at his feet. Saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Oh, can you imagine the pain that she was going through? She had called for Jesus to come, and it seemed like Jesus had delayed from coming, and in the midst of that, their brother had died. And the Bible says in verse 33, Therefore when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And the famous verse of Scripture, I believe, in the Bible is found right here. Jesus wept. Now, when you get that, when you read that, I don't want you to think that Jesus just shed a tear. I believe that he shed a lot of tears. Jesus wept 
and I believe almost uncontrolling. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb and it was a cave. A stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. One writer said, had he not said Lazarus, every dead person in the world would have risen at that time. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said to them, let loose him and let him go. Boy, praise the Lord. Wouldn't you like to have been there that day? Man, what an opportunity to see the power of God. But not only the power of God, but the presence of God right there in the midst of their grief. Oh, Father, thank you so much for allowing us to get a glimpse of this great experience that took place many, many years ago. But the same Christ that was there is here today. And He is wanting to help that broken heart He is wanting to help that one that is in need. And so, dear Lord, may the presence of a holy God work among us as only you can. I hide behind the cross. Help me to get out of the way. And may the Christ that we preach will bring forth the truth that we need to hear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. May be seated. I want you to notice three things, three lessons from this story. Every time I read this story, I get excited because I see so many things that the Lord Jesus Christ was doing that He does here today in our own life. First of all, I want you to notice that the call that Jesus received. 
the call that Jesus received. Now, the whole story centers around Mary and Martha calling out to the Lord Jesus Christ to come because their brother is sick. Their brother Lazarus is sick. And he's almost at the point of death. Notice what the Bible says in in verse 1 of John chapter 11. It says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. And then you'll notice in verse 14, Then said Jesus to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Can you imagine? They had loved Lazarus. He was their brother. And no doubt, they had that special, special relationship as two sisters would with their brother. There's not a one in here that have not, probably have lost a loved one Some of you have lost a mate. Some of you have lost children. Some of you have lost a parent, a grandparent. And you know what it feels like when the doctor says, I'm sorry, they have gone. That all of a sudden, your heart sinks. All of a sudden, there is a hurt. There's a pain. There's a brokenness that you've never experienced before. And all of a sudden, you begin to wonder, what am I going to do? Mary had that feeling. Martha had that feeling. Their hearts was filled with grief and sorrow and brokenness. But I want you to notice something here. That in this passage of Scripture, it teaches us that the Lord is interested in us in those times of needs. The Bible tells us in verse 28 of that chapter, it says, And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. Jesus had come to Bethany. Martha was probably one of the very first ones that she met, that he he met there in Bethany. Martha, like her sister, she was hurting. She was in pain. And our Lord's conversation with her, it was, I can almost imagine that the Lord was saying, Martha, how are you doing? I can almost imagine as He probably put His arms around her. And as she was crying, that the Bible says that Jesus wept and that He began to cry. And you began to notice of how how the Lord placed such interest in her of all the things in the world that He could have been doing. Now think for a moment. Here's the Son of God. Here is the Creator. 
He could have been doing anything and could have been anywhere. But where's he at? He's in Bethany. And there he takes Martha. And I can almost imagine he's putting his arms around her. And I can almost imagine he said, Oh, Martha, I'm so sorry. But it's going to be okay. And then he does something very just like Jesus. He looks at Martha and he says, Where's Mary? See, he was not only interested in Martha, but he knew that Mary was hurting as well. Have you not found in a time of grief and pain when you were hurting almost someone putting his arms around you and bringing you up close, which is the Lord Jesus? That He loves you because He's interested in you. He's interested in the way that you feel and what you're experiencing. And the Bible says in verse 11 that Martha goes immediately to Mary. And it says, and when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. Psalms 138 The psalmist puts it so well when he says, Though the Lord is on high, yet He regards the lowly. That He is interested in us. But He's not only interested in us, but you'll notice that He's also one of invitation. Jesus not only expressed an interest in Mary and Martha, but He said, Go get Mary. Invite her to come to me. See, that is what's so wonderful to know that in the time of need that Jesus says, come, come. That famous passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Listen what the Lord Jesus says. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Have you ever experienced that? I believe that deserves a good amen there. Amen. Amen. All you that are heavy laden, come to me, he says, and I'll give you rest. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. He loves you that much. And then Psalms 55 verse 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and He shall sustain you, and He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. As the songwriter says, Take your burdens to Calvary. And leave them there. Oh my friend, I want you to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is interested in you. And here comes Mary, and what does she do? She falls at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And as soon as she heard that Jesus said, come, she arose immediately. I remember reading a story about Isaac Storm. Isaac Storm was about the great storm in Galveston, Texas in 1900. And in this book, it begins to relate of how the storm began to move into Galveston. A great hurricane. But no one was worried. Simply because there was a man by the name of Isaac Klein who was a uh, weatherman in that area and says, this storm is not going to be a very large storm. And you don't have to worry. And there as the rain began to come, little children was out in the streets playing. Men had gone to the diner and there they were eating breakfast. And they were going about as their own very way. And then all of a sudden the storm hit. Because, see, they had never experienced a storm like this before. And they thought that Galveston would never be hit with a hurricane like that. When it was all said and done on that September day, More than 6,000 people died from the storm that hit Calvinston. Boy, sometimes storms come our way when we least expect it. It always happens to somebody else. Never in my life, or never in my family, it's always somebody else's family. And then when you least expect it, the storm hits. And you find yourself helpless. But I want you to see a second thing here. Not only the call that Jesus was, that was received, but also the care of Jesus that was revealed. Not only do we see the gracious call, but we notice here the glorious care that the Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated. His love was declared. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 3. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold to whom you love is sick. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now we don't have to wonder whether the Lord loves us or not, do we? From our childhood days, we heard the famous scripture, for God so loved the world, that's you and me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I remember as a child, we used to sing, Jesus loves me. I know because the Bible tells me so. My friend, Jesus does love you. And when no one else will love you, I guarantee you there's one that will love you. 
But not only that Jesus loved, but I want you to notice of how Jesus demonstrated his love. The Bible says there in verse 35, Jesus wept. Those two words speak volumes. Literally volumes concerning the love that the Lord had and the care that he wanted to give. John chapter 11 verse 33 and 34 and 35 says, Therefore when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. That word groan literally means he moaned. Have you ever been to a point of where you were so broken that you could not say anything, but all you can do is groan? You moan. Oh, God, help me. I believe this is what Jesus was experiencing. He was groaning in His spirit because He sensed of how broken Mary and Martha was. The Bible says in verse 33, he was troubled, describing one that was literally shaking with emotions. His body shook, his soul groaned, his soul was experiencing the same kind of grief that they had experienced. And the Bible says, that Jesus wept, he burst into tears. I hear people sometimes say, and I'm not sure if they understand what they mean when they say it, well, don't cry. God gives us this fountain of tears to release those emotions, my friend. And Jeremiah knew that, and that's why he was known as the weeping prophet. There's nothing wrong with tears. The Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated that so well. And the Bible says in verse 36, Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? How he had loved Lazarus. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 15 and 16 says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. My! That word sympathize literally means to feel the same. In other words, that the Bible says that God would feel the same way as we feel. Have you ever been to a point where you were so broken that you felt like nobody understands what I'm experiencing? Jesus is describing here that He does. Frank Gruff was a Methodist minister. He went through a terrible, terrible experience of losing 
a wife and a daughter in a terrible accident. And there he found himself with the attitude of despair and defeat. And for days and months that he went through a period of depression until finally one day he fell on his knees and he cried out, I know you care. I know you care, God. Show me you care. And then he penned these words. Does Jesus care when my heart is pain? Too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way goes weary and long? Oh yes, He cares. Oh, praise God, I know He cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights are dreary, I know my Savior cares. My friend, you see it so beautifully found here in this passage. Jesus cared for Mary and Martha like no one else could. But there's a third thing I want you to see. Not only the call that Jesus had received, and also the care that Jesus was revealed, but also the control of Jesus that was realized. Mary and Martha's darkest hour of their life was at this point. And you notice Mary, where she's at, at the darkest hour of her life? She's at the feet. She learned some life's greatest lessons at the feet of Jesus. That's what's so marvelous about that God doesn't allow us to go through experiences like this without teaching us things that we would have never known. Had it not been for Lazarus dying, Mary would not experience the love and the care and the power that Jesus demonstrated. See, there's something about this story that bothers me, though. The Bible says that in verse 6, When Lazarus had become sick, the very first thing that they did, they called Jesus. Jesus was in Jerusalem. Why, if Jesus cared, you would have thought he would immediately had come. But the Bible says that he doesn't. In fact, the Bible says that he waits two days. And believe it or not, Jesus got a tongue lashing from Martha when he did get there. Where have you been, Lord? If you really cared, why didn't you come to me? 
in my time of need when my brother was sick. The Bible says in verse 6, So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. The word sick literally means he was weakening, he was sinking, he was getting sicker and sicker by the minute. He would have been what we would have called a person that was in intensive care, needed to be intensive care. He was at that point of death. He didn't have some runny nose. Here was a guy that was sick. And then the Bible says, Jesus waited two days before he starts to go to Bethany. And if that's not bad enough, listen to what the Bible says in John chapter 11, verse 17 and 18. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles. Bethany was only two miles away. That would have taken the Lord less than a couple of hours to walk it in a general way. But the Bible says Lazarus had been dead and been buried four days. Now let me ask you a question. Why? Why in the world, if Jesus loves me and Jesus cares, why don't he come in the time of my greatest need? My brother was sick and he's at the point of death. And yet he delays from coming. Why why is that? Well, the Lord had a purpose. Lord had a purpose that they didn't understand at that time, but that we're able to look at and to able to understand it a little bit better. The Bible says in John chapter 11, verse 4, when Jesus heard that, that he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified through it. So, in other words, the Lord had another purpose than healing him. Jesus had a reason for that delay. Now, let me ask you the the question. Where would Jesus have received more glory from of healing a man that was sick or a man raising a man that's been dead for four days? I mean, I'm sure they probably had doctors. Doctors can make people get better through the help of God. But I'm not sure that there's a doctor on the face of the earth that could raise somebody from the dead that who had been dead for four days. But here comes Jesus. He raises Lazarus from the dead after four days. Sometimes we don't understand what the Lord is doing in the midst of of our time of need. 
And sometimes He delays in doing certain things to teach us things that we would have never learned had it not been for that purpose. I was reading a story about a lady by the name of Amy Carmichael. Amy Carmichael, when she was a little girl, she was born with brown eyes. And her mother was listening to her praying one one night, and she was praying, Lord, I want blue eyes. And her mother said, Amy, the Lord doesn't want you to have blue eyes. If he wanted you to have blue eyes, he would have given you blue eyes when you were born. He's not going to change your eyes from brown to blue. Well, Amy grew up to become a missionary. And when she was on the mission field in India, there was a great riot that had broke out. And many people were slaughtered and persecuted. She was at her window one day and she heard some guards talking. And they said that we're going to get all Americans and we're going to throw them into prison and we're going to kill them. But I want you to start with that Carmichael woman. And that guy, one of the guards says, well, how in the world am I able to recognize the Carmichael woman? Says, well, all Americans have blue eyes. And so you take all the women with blue eyes and you arrest them. She said at that moment, she thought, That's the reason the Lord had given her brown eyes. Sometimes we don't understand what God is doing. But He has a reason. And He has a purpose. And He had a purpose when He delayed those four days. So you not only see His purpose that they learn, but oh, look at the power that they experience. Because the Bible says in verse 38 and following, listen, listen to this just again as we read it. The Bible says, then Jesus again groaning in, in Himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of Him, who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you and I, that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. 
Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. A mighty resurrection from the dead as Lazarus came forth. A great demonstration of the power that he one day would experience as he came forth out of the grave. Been dead for three days. Andre Crouch, that great songwriter and singer, he made a statement. He says, if I never had a problem, how could I know that my God could solve them? And that is so true. If I never had a problem, how would I have ever known God could solve them? God often sends problems our way in order to prove to you how much He loves you, how much He cares for you, and how He's able to overcome those problems. Today, maybe you're here and you're with a broken heart, just like Mary and Martha. Jesus is saying, come. Come unto me, and I'll give you rest. I'm going to invite you to come. Come around the altar. Come where you're sitting. Come where you might want to just kneel. But just come. Maybe you're here today and you're going through something that no one you think that have ever gone through anything like this before. Maybe it's simply because God is trying to draw you to Him. Maybe you've never accepted Him as Lord and Savior. Just as I began this message, I don't understand how people can go through this world and go through this life and not know Jesus. Would you like to know Him today? Just as Mary and Martha cried out to the Lord and the Lord came, if you'll cry out to Him, He'll come to you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank You for giving us such a, a vivid picture of how Mary fell at the feet of Jesus in her time of need. May we do likewise. Father, there's people here today, I believe, that are hurting. People that are going through a crisis that are needing the touch of the Master. Lord, we pray that today You will reach out to them and put Your arms around them and love them and encourage them. And may they experience the power of God in their life. A resurrected life that they might know for all eternity 
have our own willing way. In Jesus we pray.